I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ball's got to go right. Look out, they may score on this play. Mannering, Johnson decides to come back in field. Johnson gets dancing. Johnson, no way. Oh, no way. Johnson has run over to score. This yep. is incredible. This is ridiculous. This is 15 out of 10 of the incredible murder. What about the last five minutes? Thank you to the football gods for letting us watch this. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Weekly Wrap for Round 15 of the NRL. And, well, the uh, people have called for it and Timmy Williams has delivered. I've finally got my own opener for the Weekly Wrap. A bit of SJ magic there leading us in. And we saw a bit of that on Friday night as well. Righto, let's get into the games for the round. Thursday night. Well, they've been pretty good games generally on Thursday night, but this one was a little bit of a stinker. Uh, They used to be notorious Thursday nights for punching out these pretty crook games, but the round kicked off with the Titans beating the Tigers 28-12 to at the Gold Coast. So good hit back by the Titans from uh, last week's fade-out in the second half. Really, the game was over when Appy broke his jaw there. Uh, Certainly, that favoured the Titans. I thought the game was effectively over because um, he went off and when it was confirmed that he broke his jaw and I think everyone could see that uh, Brandon Wakem was having a bit of a shocker there. So there was no way that the Tigers could really get themselves back into the game and the Titans really dominated from there. So I didn't really have any problem with the bumper bars there from Tino. I mean... Yeah, Appy was sort of fairly upright. He, he tackles like that, sort of comes in open with his head up. So, uh, And it wasn't away from the body, so I think it was probably fair play. Yeah, like I said, Wakeham, he had a bit of a shocker. And I felt like West Tigers' chance to test the Titans was to play through the middle, and they didn't get that opportunity because of the Appy injury. It did, however, highlight the problem that West have and it's a big problem for them over the next probably month or so now that they've both got Brooks and Appy out. They really need a quality, consistent organising half and you can see that they know that. Like that's why they've had a crack at Mitchell Pierce. They've had a crack at uh, Mitch Moses. They've also even had had chats to um, Sean Johnson. So all three of those would make a huge difference to that side and make them a real contender. But Unfortunately, in the NRL, there's not many of those players around uh, on the on the open market or sort of even coming onto the open market. So, 
yeah, it really leaves them in a bit of a predicament. But from a supercoach point of view, probably the big question is how does the injuries to Appy and Brooks hurt the supercoach relevant players like Jareem Buller, Johnny Bateman and Isaiah Papali? Well, I think the Tigers will be less competitive now, so it probably affects Buller the most at fullback. That would make that would be the common sense thing. But he's passed every test that he's had. He he has had an all-time rookie season. Honestly, he's putting together one of the all-time rookie seasons that we've seen in the NRL in terms of playing with a team that's consistently on the back foot, but he's been outstanding. So I think you've got to see him fail before you can think about trading him out. But I would be aware that, you know, given they've lost two of their main spine players, most experienced probably best players, then he's probably going to have some effect on Buller. Bateman and IPAP, well, Bateman sort of just moved into that lock role and he's getting those high base points. So I'm not sure if it affects him too much. Obviously, the overall, Wests are going to be a lot less competitive, you'd feel, unless they can pluck someone out of reserve grade. I think they got Will Smith there, but he's sort of been a bit of a journeyman. I'm not sure what else they've got to play in the halves uh, from underneath. So, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. But I, I actually don't think it'll hurt Bateman too much. I think maybe he might even create some more attacking stats. So I'm pretty happy with the Bateman trade. And I've also got Isaiah Papali, uh, which another number of people have got, and he hasn't really got going this year. I think, if anything, it's he's either going to stay the same or possibly he could get better, possibly he could get a half on that side that might pass it to him a little bit more than Brooks. Um, Brooks is a, a, a big runner of the ball, loves a dummy, come back inside. So he wasn't getting a lot of clean ball there from Wakeham or Brooks or whoever on the inside. So, you know, possibly could help him there. Okay, having a look at a few of the scores. Oh, before we do, the Titans. I mean, I, I felt like they were good. I mean, it flattered them a little bit, but they need four and back because – Teams that get the ball, they're going to find Campbell in the front line, a little bit like South Sydney did. They can't, they can't expect to defend him in the front line. Brimson was brilliant, and he's and he's probably a super coach proposition if that's the way you want to go. I've never really been too interested in him because I've never been overly sold on the Titans, but uh, they're definitely an attacking team, and he brings a lot of spark to them. So Brimson got ninety four uh, after updates, which is a great score. Tino ninety three. Um, he was really imposing his will upon that game and, you know, he really led from the front. He plays on the edge a little bit, Tino, but certainly you can see that he's a player that wants to win and he was really good for them on Thursday night. Buller just continues to deliver 95. I actually thought Wes would open him up a bit with the attacking game and obviously the Appy injury didn't help, but um, I put the C on Buller. It's getting late in the season. I'm about in the 18,000, so I was sort of trying to do a few pod captain plays. And uh, 95, I'm not unhappy with, um, particularly after seeing the way Hines went today. And I imagine a lot of people would have had him. Uh, Johnny Bateman, 68, nice solid performance, getting those base stats up there, playing in the middle, jinking around, breaking tackles, getting a few offloads. IPAP, 51. That's about where he's at this year at the moment. The one that did sort of pique my interest was a little bit, Jake Simpkin, 76. Particularly in that hooker position, there's a lot of problems there. You know, you've got Appy out, 
Um, there's obviously Cook and Harry Grant probably going to be the origin hookers, so they're going to be out of some games. Uh, Robson hasn't been killing it. JMK is injured now, so the hooker position is becoming a real tricky one. But, yeah, Jake Simpkins, 76. I don't mind him as a young player. He's got a bit of bit of footy in him, but I just wonder whether they've been talking about debuting the second hooker from the junior grades that they've got a big wrap on, so possibly they still go with the two-hooker option. But Jake Simpkin, I think he's a wait and see how he goes the next couple of weeks. Okay, on to the Friday night games and the Raiders taking on the Warriors at Canberra. Massive occasion. Jared Croker's 300, so awesome effort by him, particularly all the trials and tribulations he had. He looked like he was cooked like a year and a half ago, but he's hung in there, got his body back to right, and Ricky Stewart's rewarded him with getting him into the side. Well, really, I don't know if it was too much Ricky, but the players, the players, it was sort of player power after they had a rough start to the season, just said they wanted him back in. And he's come back in and he's gone really well, to be fair. And he deserves it, all the accolades and that that he's got because he's been a great club man and great journeyman. Lots of emotion, lots of fanfare. And as we've seen the Raiders come out far and they dominated that first part of the game. And the Warriors, well, they were just tough and resilient. And they they did well basically to defend it and only give up, I think it was a kick try, and not get blown off the park. They really weathered the storm early from, from the Raiders and uh, – Particularly with the Mitch Barnett Sinbin. So it was a legitimate Sinbin. Absolutely. Could well it was close to a send off to be honest with you. So um I don't think there was it was malicious or anything, but it was direct contact to the head from the shoulder. So I think they were um and an iron about whether it was gonna be a send off. But he got the Sinbin and they defended really well in that situation. So and obviously got the try to Dallin Martini Zelezniak. That was a freakish try off the SJ kick, so Went in 8-6 down at halftime. The Raiders led 8-6 at halftime, and then the second half was just a great performance by the, the Waz, and uh, the Raiders hit the wall. Just all that emotion from the week that was, uh, you know, got to them. I don't want to get overexcited here, but I'm very bullish about the Warriors and their chances this year. Possibly, you know, there's a bit of talk that, Roger Tuovasa-Shek might get added to the roster for the back half of the year. That would be a huge bonus, even if he's, you know, just a squad member and he's just there for injury because I know Charles Nickel Clockstad's absolutely killing it at the moment, so you wouldn't change anything there. And they're bringing these kids in and they're doing a job in different positions. So, yeah, I, I think that would be awesome if they could pick him up after the union se- season finishes if he's not in calculations for, for the All Blacks. I'm not sure how it sits with the salary cap and things like that. The Raiders, on the other hand, I mean, this is a game where they they could probably afford to drop it. To be honest, they're sitting pretty fit. Uh, they're sitting pretty there. Uh, they're seventh on the ladder, uh, and this is how their next five weeks shapes up. So they got to buy next week two points. Then they play the Roosters. I think that's in Sydney. So that's a very winnable game. Then they play the Titans. Then they play the Dragons, and then they've got to buy. So that's another two points there. So, I mean, they could possibly come out of that. I think they'd expect to come out of that five-week period with at least eight competition points and possibly 10 out of 10 competition points. So they're looking good. You know, if you're a Raiders fan, or you know, I certainly think that you're coming into an important period where they need to capitalise on all the hard work they've done in the run they've just had. 
Okay, some of the super coach scores. Josh Papali'i, 90. Oh, I piqued my interest a little bit. The way he was playing, he very, very hard to handle. He's looking very big and strong and, uh, yeah, he could be an option. He could be an option. This is usually his time of the year, running, running in after State of Origin and like Jack White and it might benefit the Raiders and himself not to have played that Origin period. So he's one that's on my radar for sure. Corey Horsburgh, 70 points. It's great. Good effort from Corey. Um, if you're an owner, you'd be more than happy with that. Uh, Joey Tappanay, 47. Yeah, that's solid. A little bit disappointing. Joey, when, you, when you've got a player of his ability not getting over 50. Tohu Harris, 76 with the try assist. Really good effort there. AFB, 60. That's par for the course for him. Jackson Ford, uh, for those owners out there who've held him, I've still got him. He's looking more and more like a trade-out, even though he's playing in a Warriors team that's really doing some good things. He's been punching out some mediocre scores. So Jackson Ford might be one on the on the trade block for me this week with the three trades coming up. Uh, Ali Tata. so I thought it was a great debut by the young center. He didn't get much opportunity, but he defended really well. And when he did get an opportunity, he looked really good in attack. So 44 in his first outing, and he could keep that spot because I looked at the New South Wales Cup team for the Warriors and the centers were Willie Army, so Braden Willie Army and Willie Army Vilea. So basically he's won that center spot on his merits. So there's every chance he gets another game next week, and if the Warriors keep winning, then he'll keep playing. Ah, Sean Johnson, just vintage SJ, punched out 119. So as always, uh, big thanks to Jay Schubert's Twitter posts, who gives us the um, projected break-evens and cash rises. SJ is is projected to have a negative 18 break-even, and he's going to go up about 65 grand. So for those people that jumped on like myself a couple of weeks ago, I traded Hines to SJ. It's been really fruitful the last couple of weeks. And he looks like he's back to that player of old. He's really turning on, involved in a lot of, you know, triasis, obviously kicking a lot of goals. And also he's running the ball, which is really exciting as well because he breaks tackles and he's able to get a lot of attacking stats as well. Chance Nickel Clockstad, he's been the huge surprise for me. I just thought that he was a toiler and, you know, I respect, had massive respect for him because I thought he got the best out of himself. But he's really back to that form of when when he was at the Raiders and when they went to the uh, to the grand final, he's playing that style of footy. So I remember the Raiders brought him in from the Warriors. Basically, he was sitting behind Roger Tulvasashek and, no chance of getting a run and Raiders bought him cheap and, you know, they did a great job with him to build him up into an NRL player and then, you know, Savage came through and he was out of favour. So he's gone back to the Warriors and he's playing career best footy, to be honest. 84 points, 23 break even. That's his projected break even by Jay Schubert, 23, and he's going to go up about $80,000. So he's really getting up there. If you miss the boat on... CNK, then um, yeah, he might be getting a bit expensive to grab, but he's certainly, you know, putting some massive scores out there for Supercoach week on week. 
Luke Metcalf, 72. Uh, looks He had a break even of negative nine going into the game after he'd played two games already. So he was already a one that I think a fair few super coaches were looking at. He's only available in the 5-8 position. Projected by Jay Schubert to have a negative 16 BE and he's going to rise approximately 60K. So that'll mean he'd be about 320K to buy. So... Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting position, the five eight positions, but some people will be interested in that. He's somewhat of a cheapy, but also he's got a huge attacking upside. He held himself quite well in defence. I was a little bit worried about him in in defence uh, after what he's shown in the first couple of games, but I thought he was quite impressive against Canberra. So I think he'll hold his spot. I'm not sure what's happening with Tamare Martin. Uh, in his injury, but he's been out for a long time. And I imagine if they keep winning and Metcalf keeps scoring tries, he's a prolific ball runner. So he, he's good at backing up. And if and you've seen, like, if he gets into the clear, they don't catch him. So he's one to keep an eye on. Okay, the late game on Friday night, Manly absolutely putting the cleaners through the Dolphins, winning 58 points to 18. So, geez, Manly, they were in a mood from the first whistle, and the Dolphins, conversely, they just looked off the mark. Their effort just didn't look there, which is not really what we've seen all year. You know, even if the Dolphins have lost games, you feel like they've really put in that effort. So this was a bit of an outlier, but it's troubling because this is the time of the season that you'd expect teams with not much depth to struggle. And, you know, a few of their players that are a little bit suspect and having to carry a bit more of the load, yeah, they, they really look like they struggled. Obviously didn't help, you know, Jeremy Marshall King going down early as a hooker, and uh, he looks like he's in a bit of trouble with that AC joint injury, so he's getting a little bit of pain from that. And Like we said earlier, in the hooker position, it makes it really tough. It, it's probably been one of the toughest years I've seen in the hooker position. So, But Manly... Yeah, what can you say? They're just one of the best downhill teams in the comp. When momentum's going their way, they just they they just fly. And you know, on Friday they were running down a steep hill, so there wasn't much resistance there from from the Dolphins on Friday. I did note, however, the the positional changes and and Seabold, you know, referred to them in his press conference. Garrick moving to right center, uh, Tolakula. Moving to left centre, they both looked outstanding. Uh, the long cutout pass uh, with no block shape from DCE to Garrick is really good to see. It's a little bit rare. Uh, but, yeah, certainly Manly, they turned it on. And, geez, the Garrick effort, super coach wise that just come totally out of the blue. I think there was a number of people who might not have even played him. They, well, certainly they rested him. Um, or, or even left him on the bench. I saw a number of people that left him on the bench and he's punched out 169. That is the, just the brutality of Supercoach coming to the fore there. So uh, Manly, they've got a decent run coming up. It's a little bit tough. So they play the Eels, the Storm, the Roosters, and then they have the bye. So... I think if they consider themselves a top four team, they need to win probably at least two out of those three games. 
um, or maybe three out of three, three out of those three games, if they consider themselves a top eight team, you know, they should be, they should be probably winning one or two out of those three games. But they're all sort of pick them games for me, like the Eels, the Storm, and the Roosters. Uh, but Manly at home are definitely a better side, a better side than on the road, that's for sure. Dolphins coming up have the bye, the Eels, the Broncos, Titans, and Panthers in the next five weeks. So I think the reason why I bring that draw up for the Dolphins is I think it would pay to keep close attention to those future matchups. So I think there could be some repeats of what we saw in Manly. Uh, the Dolphins may have hit somewhat of a wall. Like there's a lot of injuries that they're getting and a few suspensions to key players. Obviously getting Kafusi back will be be good. But, yeah, they're, they're certain, their depth is certainly being tested. And we've got to remember they're a side that no one expected to go this good. So this might be a bit of a lull period for them and it might be a chance to capitalise for super coaches on those matchups, whether you're playing head-to-head or if you're playing overall. Have a look at a few of the Supercoach scores. Uh, Ruben Garrick, of course, 169 points. I don't know if anyone saw that coming. I saw a few people captain him, and that's that's very bold. But, yeah, he looked he looked really good at, at centre. So if you haven't got him, I, I don't know if I'd trade him back in, but I certainly am happy that I held him and played him in my side. Uh, Turbo, 126 he looked back, but like I said, it was very downhill that game. It was flat track, and uh, Manly are very, very good in that situation, particularly Turbo. But break even projected by Jay Schubert of negative 45, and uh, he's going to rise 100K off the back of that score. So, yeah, you've obviously got origin, and you always got to take into calculations the injury risk with Turbo. But certainly he'll come into calculations after Origin for me. Daily Cherry Evans, 113. He's just flying. Just one of those blokes. That's like Val Holmes last week, just got a heap of confidence off the back of Origin and, yeah, possibly a pod to look at for the run home. Lachlan Croak, 109. Yeah, really good effort from him. Uh, I don't think I'd consider him a super coach. He's a bit of an outlier score. He generally punches out around the... 40 to 50 scores. Ola Kawatu, 75, cashed in. Kula, 73. So Desi Creek would be very happy with uh, Tula Kula, who he brought in a couple of weeks ago and hasn't done much for him. Got a couple of tries. Joshy Schuster, I'm not sure how many people played him. Uh, 37. I think he's still still continuing to earn cash. Uh, he might be getting to... Close to the end of that, but obviously last week's big score might help that for one more week. But yeah, Joshy Schuster, for me, I'm probably not going to hold on to Schuster. I think he's doesn't have much base and, you know, he may have some big games here and there. Like that type of game, you would have expected him to get higher, but just, the things just didn't go his way. A lot of it was off DCE and Turbo. But yeah, I, I think um, as soon as he gets to his peak and it's convenient for me, I'll probably sell him off. Uh, Nick Arima, 82. The Hammer, 67, which is a pretty good score. A couple of tries uh, in a team that was well beaten. Asako, 66. Lemuelu, 42. Uh, Isaiah Katoa, 37. I think, yeah, Lemuelu. I don't know. I mean, 
I felt like he played pretty well. He's a player that I've had in my side and, yeah, I'm just a bit worried about the, the run of the Dolphins coming up. He's not getting much good ball. He's still running those good lines and he's picked up his base a bit. I think in a game like that, 42 is not a bad score. But, yeah, I mean, it's probably a bit of a luxury trade, but I'll just have a look at what's out there and and see if I can upgrade him possibly. He is handy because he's a jewel and he can go 2RF and CTW, so... He might be a handy one to hold on later in the year when you're running out of trades. And obviously Jeremy Marshall King, 17, that would have killed some people that have brought him in as that pod hooker option. And, yeah, he looked no good pretty early on. He's got some issues with that shoulder he needs to fix up. Okay, on to the Saturday games. St. George... Dragons taking it out, 36 points to 30 over the Rabbitohs in an absolute shootout there. The last five minutes of this game was just off the chain, to be honest. It was incredible to watch. The Saints just clocked off, and Campbell Graham gave Moses Sully an absolute bath uh, down on that right-hand side. So Souths were very close to sending in extra time for those who didn't watch it, and and uh, yeah, it was just it was just an incredible game because really the Saints dominated it, and and they looked like they were deserving winners. But then at the end of the game, just the last five minutes was just try, 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 and then they were actually a chance of putting it into extra time. Just one of them crazy NRL games you see, but definitely entertaining. Uh obviously Cody Walker being out was was huge. Like it was a huge laid out for the Rabbitohs. Uh, they were. You know, well, it, you know, you take Cody Walker out of that side and Latrell Mitchell, and it takes a fair bit off him. So, but from uh, St George's point of view, any win's a good win. You know, Flanagan possibly going to be named as a new coach this week. I mean, they're working their way through it. I thought Dean Young would probably come into calculations a bit more, but certainly uh, Shane Flanagan's been there and done it, and he's a Premiership winning coach, so. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. I, I do think they need a cultural rebuild, and possibly he's the person to do it. But uh, you know, they, they, their roster isn't great either. Like it's not a roster where you go, oh, they fix things up, they're going to be a top four side. Like possibly they could be a fringe top eight side. But you know, like they've got Ben Hunt for probably two or three more good years. Uh, so they really need to cash in on that and bring some players in. Okay, talking about Benny Hunt, 97, just DCE, Val Holmes, Benny Hunt, just absolutely airborne coming off the back of Origin, just that confidence that they've got, so punching out good supercoach scores. Tyrell Sloan, 82, projected break even of negative 12. Uh, he's risen and he's going to rise 42,300 after the lockout. Anyone tempted? <laughs> Uh, no, I'm just joking. Seriously, you you probably you can't trust Tyrell Sloan. I mean, yeah, he's going to get these scores here and there, but, I mean, you'd have to be a really big St. George fan or know something that we all don't know to think about bringing him in. Jacob Liddell, 65, decent score there. Uh, from the Rabbitohs side of things, I wonder what he was on before the last five minutes, but Campbell Graham finished on 98. Uh, Damien Cook, 84. And Keon Kalal Matungi. Now, I was going to bring him in, but uh, I got a bit caught up uh, on Saturday and 
I didn't bring. Actually, I got caught up on Friday night, and because I I was going to move Schuster down and do a few things there. Uh, sorry, move Schuster to the second row forward. Uh, sorry, from from second row forward to the five eight position. I'm sorry, and and then I was going to trade out Dylan Brown, but I didn't end up doing it. I hung on to Brown for some reason. I just I just got uh, caught up doing things, and when I saw that score of fifty five with a try, I was like, oh okay, I'm pretty happy with that because that's a little bit low. But there has been a bit of talk throughout the the chats that he's maybe owed a few. Maybe a try assist and a line break assist there, so he might upgrade to around sixty five seventy. And he's a good player; like he's a definitely trade in for mine, Kalal Matungi. Uh, I think he's a perfect purchase, like for the run home for South Sydney. I think South Sydney will really spark up when they get all their players back and they start playing that consistent footy. And yeah, he's a really good player. I do think he play; he goes very close to playing Origin though. So we'll see what happens when the New South Wales State of Origin team's named. Okay, Bronx versus Newcastle at Suncorp Stadium. That's probably the pick of the games for mine this weekend so far. 24 points to 20 win to the Broncos. Like I said, quality game. The Knights really took it to the Broncos. The Broncos were probably a bit off on their usual standard, but in general they played really well, you know, and that, that's been what they've done this year. They've played really good, consistent footy. I just thought the Knights scrambled really well and they were desperate. Uh, and realistically, if they play like that, they can definitely win some games and challenge for the, the bottom of the top eight. So, you know, with Ponga back, they looked a lot more potent, but I think the most impressive thing was their, their scramble in defence and, yeah, they really, really put it to the Broncos. Credit to the Broncos, they pulled that one out of the fire, that try that they scored off the, the Hetherington offload back to Reynolds and then to Mam, and then Mam with the flick pass back to Reynolds. Geez, that was like the Broncos of old. That was a cracking try, really good to watch. Reese Walsh, he was back to his electric best. I mean, he had that drop ball off off the bomb, but every time he touched the ball, I'm not sure if it had something to do with the the Knights kick chase or it was just him. He just looked electric, and you were just thinking he's going to go the length here, and he made half breaks, broke tackles, hit and spin, and, He's just a ball of energy and to watch. He, he's so awesome to watch, Reese Walsh, and he's very much uh, very, very confident at the moment. So 116, which is a great score for Supercoach owners who've hung on to him. I, I imagine a lot of people would have sold when he got named in origin. So Kalen Ponga, he's one that I brought in uh, three weeks ago, had a game, then he had the buy, and he's had this game. I think he's well and truly back. He was awesome. I felt like uh, – actually, I looked at it and I was like, 92, that's a bit – it seemed a little bit low for what he'd done. He, he looked like he dominated a bit more. But if you had told me there's a chance to get 92 against the Broncos at Suncorp, I would have taken that every day of the week. So I reckon he's a buy, a buy, buy, buy I've written down here. So a projected break even of 24 – He's going to rise only about 30K, so he's not much more expensive. But I think certainly if the Knights keep playing like that and he keeps playing like that, then he's going to punch out scores more often than not that are 75-plus. So I'm very happy to hold on to him for the run home. Phoenix Croslin, from an NRL point of view, geez, he's the poor fellow. He's been thrown in there at dummy half and 
he's really struggling service wise. Some of his service just really stunted the the Knights' attack, and um, yeah, I'm not sure what their hooker situation is there. Like, I mean, he holds up in defence reasonably well, so obviously he's got that side of things going, and I'm sure that they'd be working really, really hard with him on his passing. But yeah, just some of his options and his services have really let the Knights down in crucial parts of the game. So he's still got a 36 for Supercoach, and I know there's a few people who still have hung on to him as a bit part player there. Payne Haas, just at his rampaging best, 94. Cobbo, two tries, 77. Uh, Greg Marzu, I thought he was fair, 49. He's been unlucky. He, he dropped that ball over the line or had his elbow out. Uh on that occasion, but yeah, he's a solid hole for mine, particularly with Kalen Ponga coming into this much form. It won't be long before he starts hitting him with those cutout balls and he starts putting on a few tries in that left-hand corner. One of the players who piqued my interest in this game was Brennan Piakura. I've been watching him for the last few weeks and there's been huge raps that come out of the club about this kid. He hasn't got a lot of time. Uh, he's got a projected break even after scoring that try in that game and getting a decent super coach score of one and he's gonna rise about sixteen and a half thousand. But he's obviously a cheapie. He is a serious player. I'm not sure if he's a super coach uh option at the moment because you've got Ricky and Capewell who are pretty set there. But he is that good a player that he's broken into this Broncos side and he's actually pushing for minutes on the edge and he's getting a fair few minutes on the edge. Uh, Kevy's putting him on there and he's moving Cape well into the middle, which is intriguing to me because Cape well is a little bit out of form, but Cape well's basically a state of origin player. Well, he's played at that level, very, very experienced in the leadership group. So he's obviously playing that well at reserve grade level that he's pushing for a spot and they have that higher opinion of him. So it's going to be really good to watch his um, his journey through the NRL. G'day guys and girls, Tim Williams here from SC Playbook. Very stoked to have partnered up with Seacool for the 2023 NRL footy season. Gareth and his team, you might have been sitting there this weekend. You wake up on Monday morning and go, you know, I spent a little bit too much on the punt. The bank account's taken a bit of a hit. That Sunday evening game at 4pm, you put a same game multi on a first try score about to go with the rest of your punts from the weekend. You thought, you know what, I might be getting a little out of hand with my punting this weekend and starting to get out of control with it. It doesn't matter. You've got a team here to help you out with Gareth and his team. So flick on an email at gareth.w at sequel, that's C-E-C-A-L dot org dot A-U. Give them a buzz on 02-9559-4013 or flick them a message on Instagram at Gambling. That is Seacle Gambling, all one word, lovely team, great group of people, free and confidential. We've had plenty of SC Payable listeners. Get in touch with them right now already. So uh, don't ignore it. Get in touch and fix your gambling. Cheers. Okay, the late Saturday night game and the Penrith Panthers just absolutely rinsed the Roosters. 30 points to six. And that's the second time this year that they've put the cleaners through them. Um, something I actually got a text off a mate who texted me about a lot about footy, and he said, There's just something that makes me happy about seeing the Roosters get beaten. And, and I, I, I don't know why, but I feel that way as well. I don't, I don't necessarily hate the Roosters, but they've always been a side that's gone really well. And 
Um, sorry to Roosters fans out there, but it is good to see them struggling a little bit because they're a side that you don't see uh, go through this very often. I just thought the Roosters looked impotent in, in attack. You know, it helps, that obviously. It doesn't help their attack that they're playing the best defense in the NRL. This is historically a great defense, um, I would say. I mean, I'd like to look back on what the Penrith defense has done over the last two and a half years and just see how historically good it is. I don't have all the stats, but I reckon it would be historically good. They looked really frustrated late in the game, and obviously there was a bit of interplay there between Jared Warehouse Hargraves. He was getting really physical, and, you know, legally he he knocked two of the Panthers players out of the game just using his bumpers. And um, Spencer Lenu, geez, that lad is M-A-D. Uh, he had the crazy eyes going after Jared sprayed some water on him. And, yeah, it was, it was like, like I said, it was good entertainment to watch. It. You know, I actually, and I very rarely think this in a footy game, but I thought they might have been throwing hands there for a while. There might have been a few fisticuffs, but it didn't come to that. But Lenu was certainly not happy about it. He's actually going to the Roosters next year, so that'll be interesting. Um, I'd seriously thought that, when Tavita Pangoa Jr. got picked for New South Wales, that was because Spencer Lenu was out with injury. I feel like that was Spencer Lenu's spot. So it'll be interesting to see whether New South Wales Origin take that chance and put Lenu back in there and possibly, um, you know, drop. Um, so whether they drop TPJ or possibly play both of them, but, yeah, they're both fairly loose cannons. But I think Lenu would be a good bit of a good shout coming off the bench in origin for New South Wales. Just don't squirt him with the water ball. Look, I've said it on this podcast before, and I know it's probably repetitive, but Panthers, the Penny Panthers are still the benchmark. They're the best um, best team. Yeah, they're the best team in the comp at the moment, particularly on the back of their defence. I think South are right up there with them. I still really do. I know South haven't had a really good period over the last few weeks and they've given up a few few more points, which they had their defence going really well. But I do still really feel like they're the two teams to beat and, you know, Panthers are probably a little bit ahead of everyone else at the moment. Breaking down their defence is just so hard for opposition teams and when it comes to finals, defence is huge. Have a look at the Supercoach scores. Um, these these were pretty solid scores from the Roosters. Uh, these two Roosters players in a team that's struggling big time. So Tedesco got 67. Nice try there. And Manu, 54. Oh, a few pretty decent scores for the Panthers if you had them. Obviously, Sorensen, 101. Crichton, 95. Toto, 74, Edward 69, Taruva 60. I was pretty happy with that. You never know what you're going to get with Taruva. He, can, he, he usually sort of will get 40-plus uh, in runs and whatnot. But, yeah, if he can jag a try in that, he can usually post a decent score. He doesn't normally go huge. Tungo, 56. Uh, Sonny Luke, for those people who still got him, who've still got him stuck there, which is an A nightmare. I've got him and Isaac uh, Fasumalawi, so I'm no chance of doing a VC in a full round. So I would do a VC loophole anyway. I've got to get rid of those two if uh, I want to use that tactic. But 
just hasn't come around the opportunity to do that at the moment, and um, we'll see what happens down the track. The player I wanted to really talk about from this game is Liam Martin. Now, he, I think he went off with a HIA, but he got an 83, and he's playing outstanding footy. So according to Jay Schubert, he's going to have a 34 break even after lockout, and he's going to go up 25,000. But for me, get through the origin period, put him in the black book, and bring him in because he is a buy for the run home, surely. When the Panthers start to really build themselves up, Cleary comes back, they get the troops back, and Liam Martin is playing some serious footy on the edge there. Okay, now before we go on to my wrap of the last game, we've got my good old mate, 2019 Supercoach champion Desi Creek with his thoughts on the week. Hey, everyone, just a few thoughts from the weekend. I think Buller is potentially a keeper for the run home. Has an insane work rate for a fullback. Has that sort of turbo prototype about him scoring 100 with just a try. Um, Tino Fossil Malawi, I think, is the man to partner Payne Heiss in the front row for the run home as well. Sean Johnson and Nickel Klockstadt both putting up serious numbers and potential keeper status in their positions. Turbo and Garrick, what more can you say? I think Manly just hitting their straps, so get them in or... Or perish, pretty much. Reese Walsh and Ponga both look really good. Um, also, considerations as keepers. Munster and Grant, definite, definite must-haves for the run home. They'd, Melbourne are just sort of hitting their straps, it seems like. They ran riot today and made Hines look like an absolute chump. So, you'd have to say Mitch Moses for the Blues number seven jersey, almost a lock. Great stuff there from Desi Creek given his thoughts on the weekend that was. And, yeah, good uh, segue into that last game that we saw today where the Melbourne Storm absolutely rinsed the Cronulla Sharks. Jeez, this is the storm we know. Honestly, it is a huge bounce-back game after getting a bit embarrassed up there in Townsville. That's what you expect from the storm. You expect them to come out firing like that, and they certainly did. Led by Harry Grant with two tries. Uh, he looked like he was going to go huge. Uh, he ended up with 115. But, um, yeah, I thought, you know, he could, he could have been anything at half time, But slowed down a little bit in the second half, which is, that is, again, a Melbourne trade. They often just blow teams off the park early and then sort of put the cue in the rack a little bit. Cam Munster was awesome also. I thought the biggest plus for the Melbourne Storm was Jerome Hughes was back to his best. So Cam Munster, 121 for super coaches. Now, I know this personally because I had both Harry Grant and Cam Munster and they both had fairly huge break-evens going into this game. So I was just stoked, not only with the score, but the fact that you know they're going to probably maintain their price or close to um, their break-evens were huge. Actually, there might even be a slight drop there because I think one of them I saw was 140 and both of them were up around that 120 to 150 mark. So, yeah, it's very interesting. But like Desi said, I mean, price is probably irrelevant with these two. You know, I think I'm just going to keep them for the run home. If Melbourne start putting on scores like that, Jerome Hughes definitely comes well back into calculations. Uh, 114, he obviously got that try at the end, but he was looking way more ominous and uh, it was great to see. Geez, the Cronulla Sharks, they were woeful. Uh, and Nico, 
Um, yeah, look, awesome person. I've got to say that because his story is outstanding. But I, as I have said on social media, and I think I've said it on the wrap before, I don't know how they can pick him for origin. For me, when you just look at it tactically, he's just too lateral for origin. Um, and also the fact that he hasn't played a lot of big games and and been successful. Um, yeah, like he he can play really well when the momentum's going from, but the Sharks at the moment, they really struggle when it goes against them. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with the New South Wales side. They've got a few options there. I think definitely Mitchell Moses in the box seat and what they do it. Uh, for the 5-8 position, who knows? I'm not sure what's happening with Cody Walker. Obviously, Matt Burton gets a great chance tomorrow to put his case forward as well. And, you know, Luai, he he probably deserves to keep his spot, I guess, you know, with Cody Walker out because uh, he played really well for the Penny Panthers against the Roosters. Uh, yeah, so having a look at a few other scores, Nick Meany, 61, which is pretty low in a game like that where they put on 56 points, I think it was, and he was doing the goal kicking. Britton Nikora, Nikora uh, 43, Nico Hines, 30. Uh, so that's a big blow for Nico Hines' owners there. Eliasa Katoa. Injured and a HIA. So if you were an owner who had, say, like a Hines and a Katoa, geez, you've had a horror game there, only 11 points for Katoa. But what it did do is it meant that Nelson came on fairly early in the game and basically played out the game, I think. I'd have to have a look at the tape again. But before updates, he's posted a 78 playing on the edge. Big minutes. He's able to probably... Uh, pace himself a little bit more there, and he's definitely more destructive running at someone like uh, a Matt Moylan. So, yeah, it's interesting. He He's one that I'm going to put in the black book, Nelson Soffa Solomona, because if he starts to get that time on the edge and starts to play as an edge back rower, he's someone I'm really interested in because he's going to be destructive. He's going to break tackles. He's going to score tries or give offloads and set them up, but I'm not sure if that's something they're looking at moving forward, but it certainly makes the uh, storm attack a lot more potent. Okay, question of the week from the SC Spy, the notorious SC Spy. What a champion he is. He asks, who is the form team or two to chase on the run home? So relevant to Supercoach, I have written down three teams, well, five teams basically. So in the near future, I would say the Warriors because they're getting players back. They've got confidence. They've just had two big wins. Obviously, they're they're in a bye next week, so that's probably no good to you. But off the back of that, it's reasonably good. The Knights, um, if they can play like they did against the Broncos, like I'm not saying that you know, they're necessarily going to be a side that's going to be successful. But if they can play like that, there's players in their side that are super coach relevant uh, so that you can keep an eye out for. So I'd definitely say the Knights. And I'm referring to players like Ponga and Mazu, probably in particular there. The Storm, uh, if they springboard off that performance today, you know, they're going to be a side that you want to follow, particularly when they're playing at home. They're going to have some big performances if they can – repeat the way they played today. 
But obviously, like I've said all year, you've got your South, you've got your Penrith as well. They're going to have good lead-ins to the, uh, you know, if they can get those players back from injury, Cody Walker comes back, Latrell Mitchell comes back for the South side, um, and for the Panthers, if uh, Nathan Cleary can get himself fit, then I think certainly those sides are going to have players in there that you might not necessarily have in your super coach plans that you might want to look at. Some of the players I wrote down uh, went on the back of that question when I'm looking at players that I'm going to keep a close eye on or I've either got already or I want to have for the run home, Jerome Hughes, Kalen Ponga, Sean Johnson, Tohu Harris, Josh Papali from the Canberra Raiders. They have a pretty good run. They've got two buys in the next five weeks, but on the run home, you know, possibly – and Keon Kaloa-Matungi. So there's a few there that you can put in the black book that might be ones to look out for. Okay, one game to go tomorrow. The Eels versus the Dogs on the King's birthday in New South Wales. We don't get a holiday in Queensland, but well done to you, New South Wales. You get a holiday down there. I expect that this will be a bit of an onslaught from the Eels. Usually if they play, I think it's at Combank. I'm just going to have a quick look here. I believe that the game is at Combank. And um, usually when they play there, yep, um, they do really turn it on. The Bulldogs have been pretty competitive, though, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Moses is probably playing for an origin spot. He just needs to keep himself fit, play a decent game, and I think he's halfback with State of Origin, possibly Matt Burton. Um, you know, I know Luai played pretty well, but possibly they could be looking at Burton maybe on the bench or who knows. He was he was in and around the squad. So there's a couple of blokes there playing for possibly an origin start coming up in the week to come. Right, that's all we've got for round 15 of the NRL and the SC Playbook Weekly Wrap. We'll catch you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 